Good morning and welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is Raul and I will be your online host today. If this is your first time visiting us, then welcome. You are our VIP. And as a VIP, we cannot let you go home empty-handed. We want to send you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle just for visiting us today. Make sure you text NEW to 604-285-5770 so we can send that out right away. With this heat, we know you want to receive it. So, parents, make sure you visit mythrive.info slash thrivekids so you can download today's Thrive Kids Summer Resources. It's packed with helpful resources such as Bible stories that you can be sharing with your kids. But what's best about this is it pairs perfectly with the Thrive Kids Zoom classes, which happens every Sunday from 10.45 a.m. to 11.15 a.m. This is a great opportunity for you to take a nap for 30 minutes or maybe just have a coffee break and let our Thrive Kids teachers interact with your child as well as other Thrive Kids and have an online church experience. Doesn't that sound awesome? Make sure you visit mythrive.info slash thrivekids so you can get that resource as well as the links to the Zoom classes. Now, do I have an active and engaged audience? I know I do, so here's the fun question for today. I was having a conversation with a friend and we were discussing what our favorite sandwiches were. Now I come to find out that he prefers a sandwich with an egg on it. Now this is so different because I don't think of eggs in sandwiches. So here's your question for today. Do you prefer a sandwich with an egg on it? Here's 30 seconds, I can't wait to see the answers. Here we go. Awesome. I cannot wait to see those results. I had fun with this question, so I hope you did as well. Speaking of food, today is Communion Sunday. Turn to your neighbor and say Communion Sunday. That's right. So make sure you grab your piece of bread and something to drink as at the end of service, we will be having our communion. So I will see you on the other side. Here's today's pivotal moment. Hello everybody and welcome to Thrive Church Online. It is so great to have you here. My name is JB, I'm one of the pastors here at Thrive and it gives me great pleasure to welcome you to an amazing Sunday to draw near to God together. If this is your first time here, we especially wanna welcome you. You are what we call our VIP. Everyone say our VIP. And we especially want to welcome you today. In fact, we've got a special gift to give you. It's your very own Thrive Church stainless steel water bottle just for you. If you could go to mythrive.info and click a button that says new to thrive, or you can text the word new to 604-285-5770. And we love to connect with you that way. Whether it's your first time or not, we have a saying here at Thrive, which is a welcoming is not just what we do, it's who we are. And so with that in mind, we just welcome another church this morning. We just welcome another church this evening wherever in the world you might be watching the service right now why don't you in your chat rooms welcome one another say welcome to church everybody say hi it's good to see you guys welcome our VIPs if you're sitting beside someone as you're watching the service today why don't you give them a high five even a warm hug if that's appropriate and say it's great to be in church with you let's welcome one another to church today 
You guys are a beautiful, amazing church, and we are so glad to be here with all of you today. You know, today is a very special day, and if you're here and there is something that you need prayer for, if we can be praying for you in any way, feel free to access that button on your screen that says prayer request. We'd love to be praying for you. Our team is standing, waiting to be praying for you in any way that you need. At the same time today, we're doing something very special. It's called communion. Everyone say communion. Communion is a chance for us to remember what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. And so with that in mind, at the end of the service, we're going to be getting ready to do communion together. And so I want to encourage you to, even right now, start getting ready for that. You might want to grab a piece of bread, uh, maybe a cup with maybe some juice or some water, something to represent the body and the blood that Jesus sacrificed for us. And we're going to do that together at the end of our service today. It is so great to have you here. A huge welcome to each and every one of you on this long weekend Sunday here at Thrive Church. I'm going to get into the Word of God with you right now. And so if you have your Bibles with you, it's time to get those out. Could you get your Bible out right now? This is what my Bible looks like. What does your Bible look like? Maybe it's a phone or a device you download the Bible into. Either way is cool. Let's do this together. Let's make this proclamation as a fun way to get our hearts ready for the message together today. Let's say this together right now. We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's Word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's Word can come in and change my life and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, we're doing a series here at Thrive. It is called Pivotal Moments. Everyone say Pivotal Moments. And in this series called Pivotal Moments, what we're talking about are those tough decisions that we make in life. That every one of us, we have those pivotal moments where we need to make a tough decision. And in this series called Pivotal Moments, we're looking at real life situations where we had to make a tough decision to look back and see what are the lessons we learned from those situations. The fact is this, we believe that every day matters, that every moment counts, but there are certain moments in our lives that seem to have a bigger, more lasting impact than others. That's what we call pivotal moments. And in this series called Pivotal Moments, I've got an encouraging message to share with all of you today. We're going to do it in a slightly different way today, as you can see. And uh, we hope you're going to be really encouraged by the message we're here to share today. Let me begin with a little confession to all of you. The fact is this. My wife, Charlene, and I, we've been married for 17 years now. And I've got a confession to make, which is that when we first were planning our wedding, there are all these different moving parts to planning a wedding. If you've ever planned a wedding before, you know what we're talking about. There's all these different details you're trying to coordinate. You're trying to coordinate, oh, when is the officiating pastor available? You know, when is the venue available? When are certain out-of-town guests available? And so there's all these different moving parts that we're trying to put together to fit into our wedding. But there was one focal point that sort of was the center around which our whole wedding planning revolved around. Do you know what it was? It's a confession. It wasn't the availability of the pastor. It wasn't the availability of the venue, it was the availability of a certain photographer. That's right. That's how vain we are back then, is that we were so, uh, you know, wanting to look good and look good in a certain way that we certainly were not getting married without this photographer. We need this photographer. And so we planned our whole wedding around the availability of this photographer. It's because months before we went to this wedding convention and we saw this photographer. We're like, oh my goodness, we love his journalistic approach to photography. How he's not just about, you know, unnatural poses, but he's there to capture, you know, in real time, the authenticity 
authentic moment and we're like, oh, we need that. We're not getting married without this guy. And so our whole wedding planning was all revolving around him. And you know, the fact is uh, we had our wedding and you want to see some of the photos from our wedding? Well, let's just show you one. Here, here, here's one photo. This is actually one of my favorite photos from our wedding. Here it is right there. And does that look natural at all? I, I, I don't know anyone who poses naturally that way. Uh, but the fact is this, whether you think that that was a silly approach to wedding planning or not, the fact is this, is that Charlene and I back then really wanted to capture this pivotal moment and make it last as best we could. And we want to look good in the process. <laughs> and I guess you could say this, is that we wanted to find a way to maximize the moment, to maximize the power of this pivotal moment for the rest of our lives. And that's why today I'm here to share with you a message called Making the Most of Your Pivotal Moment. It's because we all have pivotal moments. Maybe for you, it was a day that you moved from one place to another, from one city to another. Maybe for you, it was a day when someone came into your life. Maybe for you, it was a day when someone left. And see, whether that pivotal moment was something that you wanted or not, whether that pivotal moment was a decision you made or a decision that was made for you, the fact is this, there are lessons we can learn from every pivotal moment. Lessons that were meant to make us stronger, wiser, more resilient, tougher, more thankful for the rest of our lives. If you believe that, say amen. And see, and the better we can remember these lessons, the more we're able to live with the wisdom, the joy, the toughness, you know, the gratitude, the humility, the faith that God made us to have. And you're going to find this is when you read the Bible, you're going to find this. There are two good questions to ask yourself whenever you read the Bible. Whenever you see a Bible passage, there's two questions I will encourage you to ask. The first question is this, is in this, in this Bible passage, what does this Bible passage tell me about who God is? about God's character. That's the first question you want to ask yourself whenever you read a Bible passage. What does this tell me about God? The second question you want to ask yourself whenever you read a Bible passage is what life lesson can I take from this Bible passage? Is there an example to follow? Is there a principle to apply? Is there a, 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 a truth to claim? Is there a prayer to pray? Is there a promise to hang on to? Is there an error to avoid? And, and see, when you ask these questions, it'll help you make the most out of your time in the Bible. Now, let me. why am I saying this? Because don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not putting our experience in life on the same level as the Bible. The fact is the Bible is way above. But when you go through pivotal moments in life, when you go through even just interesting, unexpected situations in life, you want to ask yourself the same two questions. Is, you know, what does this situation teach me about who God is? What does this situation teach me about God's character? You know, it, based on the Bible, you know, what can I learn from this situation about who God is? That's the first question. The second question you ask yourself whenever you're going through a pivotal moment is, what life lesson can I take from this experience? Is there an error to avoid? Is there a principle to apply? Is there a promise to claim? Is there an example to follow? Is there a truth for me to hang on to? And see, here's the thing. Whether your pivotal moment was a joyful one or a painful one, whether it was expected or unexpected, if you would take the time to reflect on the lessons that God would have you learn from that pivotal moment, you will be all the better for it. And I believe that when we hang on to those lessons, that we're meant to hang on to them, not just for the duration of that moment, but for the rest of our lives. If you believe that, say amen. And in fact, you're going to find this is that you're going through, you, you, you're going to find that, that successful living, living life, especially as a Christian, 
is not so much just about getting new information all the time, collecting new experiences and new knowledge all the time. It's actually just as much about remembering, retaining, and never taking for granted what God has already given to you. And the problem with us is this, is that sometimes we all too easily and all too quickly forget what God has given to us, the things that God has taught us. Instead, we just kind of rush on with life as if there was nothing to really learn from that pivotal moment, as if the power of that pivotal moment is completely lost on us because we don't remember it. And so the question I'm here to ask you today is this, is what can you do to keep alive the lessons that God wants you to learn from your pivotal moments, such that you won't forget about them easily? See, if you read the Bible, you're going to find that God is passionate about helping people remember not just the pivotal moments in their lives, but the passion about helping them remember the lessons that they were made to learn from those pivotal moments. And that's why in the Bible, you often find God in encouraging people to give themselves four things to help them make the most of a pivotal moment, to help them remember those lessons that come from their pivotal moment. Four things, and I'm going to put it to you this way, something to see, something to do, something to write down, and something to sing. Let me go through each one right now. See, to help you remember lessons from a pivotal moment, you want to give yourself something to see. See, the fact is this, I'm a visual learner. Yeah, you know, for some reason, I'm very stimulated by the things that I see with my eyes. And I believe many of us are the same way. Is that, and, and because of that, God often tells people in the Bible, keep something from that pivotal moment to remind you of what you learned from that pivotal moment. For example, Joshua and the Israelites, they have miraculously crossed the Jordan River on foot. God parts the river and they go through the river on foot. And so that they would never forget this miracle and they would never forget the lessons that they should learn from this miracle. What does God tell them? He says to Joshua, Joshua, I want you to take 12 men from the 12 tribes of Israel, and I want you to go back to the floor of the Jordan River, and I want you to each grab one rock, 12 stones together, and put it in a public place for everyone to see. Why? It's so that whenever people see those rocks, whenever they see those stones, they will be reminded of the lessons I taught them through that miracle. They'll be reminded that I am faithful even in your trouble, that God is powerful even in our weakness, that God is in control, even in our uncertainty. If you believe that, say amen. In fact, fact, look at Joshua chapter four, verse five and seven. What does it say? It says, each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. See, what's going on? God is giving the people of Israel something to see so they would remember the lessons from that very pivotal moment. And there's a principle behind this, is that when you are facing troubles in the present, you want to remember God's faithfulness in the past to give you hope for the future. Let me say that again, is that when you're facing troubles in the present, you want to look back and remember God's faithfulness in the past so it'll help you have hope for the future. That's a principle that you find over and over again in the Bible. Let me say it in another way, is that when you're facing uncertainty about the future, you want to remember the lessons God taught you in the past to help you know what to do 
in the present. See, because God knows that the lessons we learn from the pivotal moment can be triggered by a visual reminder. He says, give yourself something to see. Maybe that's what you need to do this coming week to help you remember a lesson that came from that pivotal moment in your life. You want to maybe put something up on your wall or put something in your car, maybe get a tattoo. I don't know. You know, it's up to you. But see, here's the thing. When, when Charlene and I were living in Taiwan, because God had given us a dream and a vision to plant a church in Vancouver, even in Taiwan, while we're living in a completely different country, I took a postcard from Vancouver, of Vancouver, and I put it on the wall beside the bed. And every time I'd wake up or every time I'd go to sleep, I'd look at that postcard. And for me, it was something to see to remind me that though I'm living in this place right now, God has given me something else that I need to hang on to. And it was a reminder to me of something that God had given to me. It's called a visual reminder, something to see. Everyone say something to see. Something to see, to give yourself something to see to remind yourself of the lessons that you learned from the pivotal moment. Here's a second thing that God encouraged us to give ourselves. Number two, write this down. To help you remember lessons from a pivotal moment, give yourself something to do. See, we just finished as a church studying through the book of Exodus. We had a series called Exodus, Hope for Hard Times. And you're going to find that in the book of Exodus, God, he institutes the Passover feast, which is this celebration, this meal that the Israelites are going to have for every year. Every generation would do it as a way to remember the things that God did in their lives, to remember the incredible way that God rescued Israel from slavery. That's the Old Testament. God gave the Israelites something to do to remember the lessons that God had taught to them. In, in, in the New Testament, we see the same thing going on. To remember that pivotal moment when Jesus Christ would die on the cross for our sins, Jesus institutes communion, or some people call it the Lord's Supper. It's something we're going to do at the end of our service today. It's a time where we remember what Jesus Christ did on the cross. It's something to do. So you look at 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26, it says this, it says, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and we had given thanks. He broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. See, what's, what's, what's the Bible saying? Is that to help us remember what God has done for us and given to us, the lessons we get from a pivotal moment, we need to get something to do. Many of us, we are tactile learners is that we learn by doing. And see, Jesus, he tells us to commemorate his death by doing something. Take some bread, take a cup, let them be symbolic of God's his body and his blood that was sacrificed for us, and let it remind us of God's unconditional love for us, that when, when we were separated from God because of our sin, when we couldn't reach God on our own, God didn't abandon us, he didn't quit us, quit on us. Instead, he said, you know what? I love you, and I couldn't bear to be in eternity without you, so I'm going to send Jesus Christ to die on the cross for your sins so that you can be forgiven. And not only did Jesus die on the cross for our sins, on the third day, he rose again to show that sin and death have no hold over him. That's how amazing Jesus is. Oh, come on, give God a big, big hand in this place right now. That's the unconditional love of God. And to help us never forget it and to remember it, he tells us, there's, give yourself something to do. Celebrate communion. And that's what we're going to do in just a bit. Maybe that's what you need to do to remember the lessons God has given you. Give yourself something to do. Number three, to help you remember lessons from a pivotal moment, give yourself something to write down. See, a lot of us, we are verbal learners. Is that we learn and we process by talking things out and writing things down. 
And see, that's why over and over, God tells different prophets, starting with Moses, to write down the things that God was teaching to them. Look at Exodus 17, 14. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. See what's going on? So that Moses and the Israelites would always remember a pivotal moment when God helped them conquer an enemy. God tells Moses, write this down. See, likewise, if you want to remember the lessons God is teaching you through your pivotal moments, write them down. See, keep them somewhere in a journal, in a place that you can easily access whenever you want. They say this, is that, you know, you you forget 90% of what you hear within 72 hours. And that's very encouraging for a pastor like me who spends hours and hours and hours to to prepare a message. But to to think this, is that in 72 hours, you will only remember 10% of what I say to you unless you write it down. And that goes with your pivotal moments as well, is that the lessons God teaches you, those important, you know, crucial lessons, if you don't do something to write it down, it's just going to go by and it's going to lose the power of that pivotal moment. And so to keep the memory of the lessons alive, you want to write it down. Because if you don't, you're going to forget about it. That's why I've got this electronic journal. It's not a diary. It's a journal, okay? It's, it's, that's just a more, you know, you know, more manly way of talking about it. But the fact is, is that it's an electronic journal that I will send my journal entries to. And whenever I need some encouragement, whenever I need a sermon illustration to give to you guys, you know, if, I will go to that journal and I'll search for lessons from my past, prayers I've prayed, things that I was thinking about, you know, lessons that I learned. And you well, where can I find an electronic journal like that? It's called an email account, all right? It's just an email address, all right? And see, here's the thing, is that if you would you know, write down your prayers and record them, if you would write down the things that God is teaching you from your pivotal moments, from the word of God, from your know, Sunday sermons, if you would put that all in one place, your journal becomes this savings account where you are storing the wealth that God has given you in the form of precious, valuable lessons that he is teaching you. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. That's, that's why even for my dad, you know, uh, you know, as, as we've all been getting older, you know, my sister was saying, oh, you know what? We, we want to keep the stories of our family within the family for the next generation because otherwise we're going to forget them and we're, ne- we're, we're never going to benefit from them. And so what my sister did was she asked my dad to take uh, uh, this app called StoryWorth. And what happens is every week, you know, she'll send to my dad a question for him to think about, a question to write about. And every week he's writing down just one answer to one question. And over months, we have this collection of amazing stories stories and thoughts from my dad that we can pass on to the next generation. It's because if you want to remember lessons from pivotal moments, you got to write it down. Turn to me and say, you got to write it down. You got to write it down. Number four, to help you remember lessons from a pivotal moment, give yourself something to sing. Something to sing. How many of us know that the Christian faith is a singing faith? In fact, I don't know of all the different religions I've studied in my life, I don't know of any faith that sings more than Christians do. Look at Isaiah 12, verse 5. It says, Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Look at Psalm 89, verse 1. What does it say? It says, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. See, why, why sing? Why? Why, why? why is that important? Why is that helpful? See, whether you're tone deaf or you're some professional singer, the Bible tells us to sing, to sing about God's love, to sing about the lessons that God has taught us. Why? 
is because music has this way of capturing our imagination. Music has this way of tenderizing, softening our hearts. Music has this way of even helping us to remember what we might otherwise find hard to remember. It helps us to remember the lessons God has taught us in pivotal moments. In fact, when you read the Psalms, that's right in the middle of your Bible, the Psalms are prayers in the form of songs. And the most prolific Psalm writer of all time, his name is David. And when you read some of the Psalms, you know, Psalm 3, Psalm 7, Psalm 18, Psalm 30, Psalm 34, I feel like an NFL quarterback, just look, Psalm, Psalm 51, Psalm 52, hut, you know, Psalm 54, Psalm 56, you know, he, he's, he, he's got all these different Psalms where he will not just write the song, but he'll also tell us this is where the song came from. He'll actually say this is the pivotal moment that gave rise to this song, and this is the lesson I learned from that pivotal moment. And it just goes to show that when you not just write it down, but when you sing out the songs that God has put in your life, when you sing out the lessons that God has taught in your life, it'll actually help you take ownership of your faith. It'll help you to remember what God has taught you. And I find this, when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling hopeless, when I'm feeling afraid, when I'm engaged in spiritual warfare, a song can actually be a weapon. It can be your weapon against depression. It can be your weapon against negativity. It can be your weapon against hopelessness. It can be your weapon against the enemy. And see, what are we learning today? Is that if you want to maximize the power of a pivotal moment, if you don't want to easily forget the lessons that God has taught you in your pivotal moments, give yourself something to see, something to do, something to write down, and something to sing. And so here's a question for you today. This coming week, what is one step that you can take to help you remember a lesson that God has taught you from a pivotal moment in your life? Maybe it's to put something on your wall. Maybe it's to do something with your family. Maybe it's to write something down in a journal. Maybe it's to sing a song. Well, speaking of something to sing, today we thought we'd do something a little bit different with all of you. And speaking of pivotal moments, as part of sharing some pivotal moments in my life, I thought I would share with you some songs from those pivotal moments. Is that okay? Is that all right? Because I, I know about you, but I find this is that when I look back at some of the pivotal moments in my life, oftentimes there will be a song attached to that pivotal moment. Not all the time. It's not like J.B. Lim the musical. That's not what I'm talking about. But this is, have this ever happened to you before? Is that you hear a song on the radio, and when you hear that song, you're often taken back to another time in your life. Maybe when you were living in another city, or when you're going through a challenge, or when you were dating that person. That was our song. You know, it's it's somehow pivotal moments can sometimes come with a song. And you know, if I had to, if I had to ask you this question, if you had to come up with a playlist of songs that marked certain seasons of your life or certain songs that remind you of certain pivotal moments and the lessons you can learn from those moments, what songs would those be? Well, today I thought, uh, you know, just for fun and hopefully to encourage you, I'd share some of the songs that meant something on my journey, some of the pivotal moments and lessons that attach to those songs as well. Is that okay? Would you mind if I did that? Is that all right? Well, to help me with this, because I can't do this on my own, I have the lovely Pastor Shar with me today. Uh, can you give Pastor Charlene a big hand here right now? Praise God. We're just going to move over to this side of the soundstage, and a big thank you to our, our staff and our volunteers who helped us put this whole setup together. Today, we want to share with you some songs from our pivotal moments in life, and the um, fact is this, is that uh, these are not all the songs that kind of typify our journey, but these are just a few, and um, this first song that I want to share with you is called I Will Be Here, and I actually sang this song 17 years ago on our wedding day when uh, Charlene and I got married. 
uh, I remember it was our wedding reception. They brought in this grand piano, and in front of all these people, I was in my tux, and Char was in her beautiful wedding gown, and I sat by the piano, and I was going to play and sing this song for her. And it's this beautiful love song. The only thing is that I forgot the words. And I, I brought the words with me, but I left it in the hotel room. And so I'm all of a sudden trying to play the song and sing it from memory. And I got about halfway through, and then it completely blanked out. And it went from a serenade to an instrumental. But those things, whereas I would normally be pretty embarrassed by something like that, at that point, I just didn't care. Because I was just so happy to be marrying the love of my life. Uh, to marry my best friend, and I was just happy just to be there celebrating our marriage, the first day of it together. And um, you know, it's it's kind of weird because today I'm not on the piano, but uh, Charlene is on the piano, and so I'm, I'm serenading the pianist. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. That's kind of weird. Uh, or maybe she's serenading me. Maybe that that's. Or maybe in a way we're serenading you, because the fact is this is not only is this a beautiful love song. Uh, written by Stephen Curtis Chapman, uh, but it's also a powerful picture of Christ's love for you. Is that, you know, I don't know if you know this, but the Bible describes the church, that's you and me, as the bride of Christ. That you are Jesus's love. He, you are the love of Jesus' life. You are the passion of Jesus' heart. And he loves you with an everlasting love, so much so that he died on the cross for you and for me. He gave up his life for you and me because he loves us. And may this song, as we sing it, be just a reminder that through all the ups and downs of life, especially if you're going through some uncertainty in your future right now, I hope this song will be a reminder that Jesus is here and he will hold you through this time and he will never leave your side and you can count on him through all the different uncertainties that you might go through. And because you have Jesus there, you don't have to be afraid. Because you have Jesus there, you don't have to worry. This song is called, I Will Be Here. Let's try it. not appear I, I will be here If in the dark we lose sight of love hold my hand and have no fear Cause I I will be here will be here when you feel like being quiet when you need to speak your mind I will listen and I will be here when the laughter turns to crying and through the winning losing and trying we'll be together I will be here Tomorrow morning if you wake up And the future isn't clear And I, and I will be here as sure as seasons were made for change our lifetimes were made for these years 
Pastor Sharp, big hand right now. Oh, she did awesome. Praise God. (laughs) Well, that I will be here, sung on our wedding night. Now, one of the first big decisions that we made as a couple after we got married was we decided to move from Vancouver, where I grew up, to Taiwan, where Charlene's family is. It was the first big decision we ever made as a couple. And uh, it was one of those things where um, I've been very open with you guys in the past about some of the struggles I had living in a completely different environment, completely new country, uh, you know, about how I don't speak any Mandarin, or at least I didn't back then. And, uh, you know, I couldn't understand the language, couldn't even order breakfast for myself unless you really wanted to eat 144 dumplings, couldn't, really, could, couldn't, couldn't order breakfast, you know, either was sick a lot, uh, you know, wasn't making as much money as I'd like in the job that I was at, and, and was just not having a really good time to the point where it almost felt like a prison sentence living in Taiwan for a little bit, where I was just counting down the days until I could finally get out and go back to Vancouver. And it was one of those things where I wasn't having a very good time, and, and one day I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this sermon from this pastor, and I can never forget what he said. He said, every day, find one thing to be thankful for. That no matter what, no matter how hard things might seem, every day, find one thing to be thankful for. And so I decided to try that. Next morning, I woke up, and I thought, you know, as I'm sitting on the edge of my bed, what's one thing I could thank God for? And at first, it was a little bit tough because I was so focused on all the negatives so often. But when I decided to choose an attitude of gratitude and to find one thing to be thankful for, I started with, you know, God, thank you that I've got two hands that work. I don't know why I first thought about that. And thank you that I've got clothes on my back. Thank you that I have food to eat. Thank you, God, that I've got a, lo- a, a loving wife who loves me unconditionally. Thank you for my family that loves me. Thank you that, you know, I, I, I've got a job. Maybe it's not the ideal job, but thank you that it is a job, and I'm thankful for that job. Thank you for, you know, the people that you place in my life. Thank you for my church. And, and it's funny, it's that when I chose an attitude of gratitude, it wasn't my circumstances that changed, not right away, but it was my perspective that changed. And all of a sudden, even though my circumstances didn't change, 
my perspective changed and I started to enjoy life so much more as a result. That's the power of choosing an attitude of gratitude. Maybe you're here in this place and you need to start choosing an attitude of gratitude. Maybe you've been focused every, on everything that's wrong, everything that's hopeless, everything that you wish was different. And I want to encourage you today, just as 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, we want to be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And if you would choose an attitude of gratitude, it'll keep you afloat when your circumstances make you want to sink. If you choose an attitude of gratitude, help you realize that life is not nearly as bad as you're making out to be, that you're actually an extremely lucky person. And so with that in mind, uh, you know, in that season, when I started choosing an attitude of gratitude, a bunch of songs came out of that season. And this is one of the songs. Uh, it's called Wonderful. And it's talking about the greatest gift and the greatest blessing that we can thank God for. It's the amazing gift of Jesus Christ, how he died on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven. And so this song is called Wonderful. We're going to try it for you right now. Wonderful are your ways, Lord, deeper than deepest of seas. How could you love me so much that you'd give yourself up for me? And as I gaze up at the cross and see what the sun did for me, to shield me he stretched out his arms. A banner of love over me And I will give you praise I will give you worship For you alone are holy You alone, Lord, I will give you praise I will give you worship I stand amazed at the wonder of your gave up your life for me 
and I cannot comprehend it all. But the love of God it makes me stand in awe. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are the one who receives me. You are the one, Lord. You are the one who gave up your life for me. And I cannot comprehend it all. But the love of God, it makes me stand in awe. And I will give you praise. And I will give you worship. For you alone are holy. You alone, Lord, I will give you praise. And I will give you worship. I stand amazed at the wonder of your love. I stand amazed at the wonder of your love. I stand amazed at the wonder of your Can we give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Praise God. Well, this third song we want to share with you today. By the way, I, in case you're wondering, what was JB doing there in the middle? Was that was, was JB speaking in tongues? What was going on? I, I was uh, that, that that was me attempting to sing in Mandarin. For those of you who are wondering, um, and my hope is that you know, since it was a song that you know, was was written in Taiwan that we wrote in Taiwan, um, just thought you know, as kind of a tribute to that pivotal moment in our lives, that season in our lives, sing a bit of it in Mandarin. I hope that one day, because Thrive Church, how many of you guys know Thrive Church is a multicolored, multi-ethnic, multicultural, diverse family that I hope maybe one day I can sing the song in Spanish and I can sing the song in Afrikaans and because the fact is that God loves us in the skin we're in. He loves us regardless of our background or culture. That's the unconditional, amazing, wonderful love of God. If you believe that, say amen. 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 Well, the next song I want to share with you um, is uh, a very dear song to my heart. And uh, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but for the first nine years of marriage, uh, you know, Shar and I, we didn't have kids. Uh, and that was intentional because we wanted to enjoy our lives. I, I'm kidding. Well, we, well yeah, we, I'm not kidding. We, we want to enjoy our lives. But the fact is this, is we also enjoy our lives incredibly to, the, to, to, to another level that you can't imagine with kids. Uh, but the fact is that during those first nine years, uh, we didn't have kids. When we finally uh, decided, because we always knew that we wanted to have kids eventually, uh, when we finally uh, decided to try for kids, I remember there was one day, one night when I was, uh, uh, I was sleeping, and as I'm sleeping, I have this dream. And in this dream, I, I see myself sitting in my parents' old house in their master bedroom. And I'm sitting in a chair that was always there in the master bedroom. And I'm sitting in that chair. And all of a sudden, someone passes to me this strip of negatives. And you know back you know, in the day when people take pictures and they wouldn't use digital cameras, they wouldn't use their phone, they would have a camera with a roll of film inside it and then you'd finish the roll of film, you'd take it to London Drugs, you'd take it to Shoppers Drug Mart, you'd develop the film and they would give you these strips of negatives that you could see in black and white. And you could see it in very small images. And, and so in this dream, I, I picture someone giving me these black and white negative strips. And I, I take the negative strips and I look in that negative strip and I see this image of this little boy 
and uh, he's wearing overalls. He's sitting beside this stuffed beaver of mine. And if you've been part of our live streams on Facebook or Instagram, then you know what I'm talking about. And, and, but this, it was the little, this little boy that was my focus. And even though uh, I wasn't really sure what was going on, I, I knew for some reason, as I saw this little boy in my dream, that I was somehow connected with this boy. And it touched me so much that as I'm seeing in this dream, this little boy, in real life, on my bed while I'm sleeping, I'm actually starting to cry. And um, it, was what, it was just one of those things where the, the next day, we find out that we are pregnant with a baby boy. And uh, Shar found out that, you know, it's a baby boy. And, and, and we went to uh, the, the ultrasound room uh, where uh, we got to hear his heartbeat for the first time. And just how it was like a super fast heartbeat. I could hear Shar's heartbeat, uh, which is like, dun-dun, dun-dun, dun-dun. Very calm, you know, very cool, very collected. And then there's very fast, beep, 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 beep. And I was like, is that a heartbeat? It was a racing heartbeat. And then we saw the ultrasound where, you know, we saw his hands and his face for the first time. And, you know, it was like I was falling in love. And I remember, you know, every night, you know, before we go to bed, Char would say, hey, you can talk to the baby because, you know, the baby actually has a sense of hearing now. I was like, really? And so, so I, I'd, I'd speak into Charlene's belly button, almost like it's a microphone. I'd be like, hello, hi, baby, this is, this is daddy. And by that point, we already knew what we wanted to call him. So, hey, Bradley, how's it going? Just want to say, daddy loves you. Mommy loves you. Jesus loves you. And it was one of those things where even from before Bradley was born, we already had this relationship. Or at least I felt like I had a relationship with him, a connection with him. And it was almost like even before he was born, I already felt a tremendous amount of love toward him. And, um, you know, on Christmas Eve, I decided as a Christmas gift to Char that I'd write this song. And it's a song called Bradley's Lullaby. And it was kind of just a, a song coming out of all these amazing pivotal moments in my life where I got to see his hands and his face for the first time, when I got to hear his heartbeat for the first time, when I saw him in this dream for the first time. Uh, and so this song is a really simple song, uh, but I just want to share it with you right now. It's called Bradley's Lullaby, and this is how it goes. Saw you in a dream one day Then I knew for sure someday God would bless us with The precious gift of you Heard your beating heart that raced Then I saw your hands and face God has blessed us and you Are my dream come true Oh Bradley what a beautiful treasure you are I'm proud of you, thank God for you My strong and happy boy Oh Bradley How I love you with all of my heart My strong and happy, wise and healthy son Bradley, my beautiful boy La-da-da-da-da-da-da Da-da-da-da-da-da Da 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 God has blessed us and you are my dream come true Oh Bradley What a beautiful treasure you are I'm proud of you, thank God for you, my strong and happy boy. Oh, Bradley, how I love you with all of my heart. 
I'm a strong and happy, wise and healthy son. I'm Bradley, my beautiful boy. My strong and happy, wise and healthy son. I'm Bradley, my beautiful boy. Praise God. Can we give God a big hand in your Swiss right now? <laughs> and, you know, just to let you know, is that just as this song was something that we wrote for Bradley even before he was born, I'm here to let you know that even before you were born, God already had plans to love you. And you were actually, you actually came into this world pre-loved by God. Um, your parents may not have planned you, but God planned you. And he loves you. In fact, I don't know what your relationship with your earthly dad is like. Maybe you guys are really close. Maybe you guys are not that close. Maybe you wish your dad was here, but maybe for reasons beyond your control, can't be here with you right now. But I'm here to let you know you have a heavenly father who will never leave you or forsake you, who loved you even before you were born, and who loves you even to this day with all of his heart. So much so that he sent Jesus Christ for you. And uh, so would you turn to your neighbors in the chat room or sitting beside you and just tell them, uh, you have an amazing heavenly father. Tell them that right now. You have an amazing heavenly father. Praise God. Well, you know, the, the, the gap in time between, uh, you know, the time that, uh, you know, we got married and the time that Bradley was born, that was in some ways intentional. Uh, we wanted some time uh, to kind of, you know, be together, just the two of us, before we had kids. And then Bradley came along and changed our world and, uh, and our, our, we've never been the same again. And uh, the, the gap between the time that Bradley was born and the time that our second child was born uh, was seven years, and that wasn't intentional. In fact, I think we had hoped to be, uh, you know, to have a second child in our home uh, much, much earlier. Uh, but we, uh, during that seven-year time, we went through a miscarriage, and that was hard. I know for uh, those who have ever gone through a miscarriage before, you know, that I think, you know, guys and gals tend to process that differently, and I think it was really hard for Char. It was, it was hard for me in different ways, too. Uh, and when we finally had the courage and, you know, and Char's body was healthy enough to, to try again, when we heard that we were pregnant, that Char was pregnant, we were so excited. We were so, so excited. Words couldn't express how excited we were. And um, it was one of those situations where everything seemed really normal, that, you know, just things were carrying along really well. And again, I'd be doing the same things, talking into the, the microphone belly button uh, and saying, hi, baby, how's it going? Good to see you. Or I can't see you, but, you know, I hope you hear me. Love you. And um, everything seemed normal. But then, uh, you know, a few months into the pregnancy, one night, Char has some abnormal, some abnormal bleeding. Uh, and uh, it's serious enough that she decides, I need to go to the hospital and get this checked out. They do a whole bunch of tests on Char. And at the end of these tests, they say, okay, well, we've done these tests on you and, and a lot has checked out normal. But we did a scan of your baby and we noticed that your baby's neck uh, measured especially large for some reason. And we, we just want to look into that a little bit more. And they did some more tests and eventually they told us that actually there's a lump in your baby's throat. It's called a goiter. And we're really concerned because it is especially big and we don't know why it's there, but we do know that this is a, a complicated case where if we don't do anything about this, that very likely what's gonna happen is when this baby is born, uh, the trachea of this baby, that's the tube that we used to breathe, is going to be compressed so much that he will not be able to breathe on his own. 
And as a result, we have some exit procedures so that you know you, we can forcibly take the baby out if we need to. We can put a, a tube down this baby's uh, you know, throat into the lungs so that he's able to breathe with some assistance. And when we heard this, we, we, were, we were shocked. We, we, could, we couldn't believe it. We never thought something like this would happen. And it was one of those situations where all of a sudden we went from a normal pregnancy to a high-risk pregnancy, where every single week we're going to the hospital and we're meeting with a team of specialists to give them updates and they're giving us updates on new tests that they've done. And, and, and this is what they did is that they decided that uh, they need to do some, some different procedures to, uh, and, and you know, when, when, I'd, when I'd look at the ultrasound I'd, and I'd see this beautiful baby and I'd see his head is lifted up this way and I'd see his feet, I'd see both feet and I'd see, wow, what a beautiful baby. I couldn't tell that, you know, there was any complications at all. But for the next several uh, weeks into the months, every night, in addition to speaking into the microphone, I would also lay my hand on Shara's tummy and, and we would pray together and we'd say, God, in Jesus' name, please let this baby be healthy. God, in Jesus' name, please let this baby be okay. And, you know, and we even pray, God, would you, would you shrink that goiter, that lump to a normal size so that this baby is able to breathe on its own? And it was one of those situations that was really hard, but we just kept on persevering in prayer and just trusted that somehow things are going to be okay. And you know, eventually there's this one day we're, we're in the hospital and we're getting this MRI test, this MRI scan. Like, and, and with MRIs, you know, you go into this room and we've never done an MRI before, but we're in this room and like, you know, Shara is like in this machine and it looks like she's being like launched out of a cannon, you know? It's just like this big, huge machine and it's a loud machine. It's like going, jujun, jujun, jujun. And I'm sitting there beside her. I feel like I'm in a laundry room. And um, we do this, this MRI scan and then the specialist calls me out and he brings me to this computer room where there's all these images of our baby. And, um, and, and he says this, the, the, the specialist says, okay, we've done the scan and we found out that this lump is unfortunately not shrinking. But the good news is the baby is growing at a much faster rate. And because the baby is growing faster than this lump, we don't think this problem is going to be a huge issue, we hope. But just to be safe, we're going to you know, have you in a special procedure room when the birth is about to come. And so in July, um, you know, we, we get, it's, it's time for the birth. We're in that special room and we're in a different area than where all the you know, other pregnancies, that take, take, you know, all, all the other births take place. And on that day, Caleb is born. And it was a smooth, natural delivery. <laughs> Um, Caleb was perfectly healthy. In fact, the specialists, they, they, they were, they're, they're feeling his, his neck and his throat, and they're like, you know what? I don't feel any lump at all. He is perfectly healthy. And they didn't have an explanation for it. For us, we're like, you know what? We just believe that that's the power of prayer. But, you know, there's another lesson I learned. And God, come on, give God a good big hand for that. That's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. And, um, but there's another lesson that I believe that God was teaching us at that time. And that is that when, whenever I think about that season, I, I go back to that moment in the MRI room, in the computer room, where the specialist said, the lump is not shrinking, but the baby around it is growing. And when I heard that, immediately I thought to myself, in addition to, okay, I think that's good news, I thought about one more thing, is that isn't that the way that God works with us sometimes? Is that so often when we have a big problem in our lives, the thing we pray is, oh God, let that problem go away. Let that problem disappear. Let that problem shrink. 
But sometimes I find this, is the way that God works is He doesn't always shrink the problem. Instead, He grows the person around the problem. He grows the person such that the size of the problem doesn't change, but the size of the person facing the problem grows. Amen. And, and maybe you're here in a situation right now where you don't have a solution and it's tough for you right now. Can I tell you this? It's not because God is not there. It's not because God doesn't care. But it's because the reason why he's still allowing that problem to be there is because he's not growing the problem, but he's growing the person who's facing the problem. And that is you. So that you can come out of this season stronger than you've ever been before stronger with muscles you've never had before and as a result it's almost like the problem didn't disappear at least not then but what appeared was a greater version of you and so praise God may this season of your life and may the song we're about to sing be an encouragement to you that then when the problem doesn't go away it's not because God is not there it's because he's growing you into a stronger person who can face it and see God using you to be an overcomer because that's what you are Praise God. This song is called Do Anything. And this song is based on a verse, uh, one of my favorite verses, which is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's Philippians 4.13. And this is a song that uh, I wrote for Shar for, I think it was a Mother's Day gift. But it was about Caleb and was for Caleb. Um, And um, it's just kind of saying, hey, you can do anything. You can do anything through Christ who strengthens you. So I'm going to try to get through this song. We're, we're going to try to get through this song together. It's a bit emotional for us. Um, whenever we sing this song, it's just a reminder of just the huge miracle that Caleb is in our lives and how much we love him. Uh, this song is called Do Anything. ago we prayed for you and when you came along there was joy that filled our home and when I saw you face to face so beautiful and strong more than all I could imagine uplifted head feet on the ground it is by faith you are a champion with all your heart reach for the stars for you were born to conquer giants so caleb be strong and courageous don't be afraid or be anxious you are a miracle believe us you can do anything through jesus and caleb you're loved and you're treasured with all of our hearts beyond measure and we're so proud of you it's true you can do anything through christ who strengthens you and every day we pray for you that you're happy and you're brave with a heart for god and others may you be healthy through and through fullness in your faith from the start you've been a fighter uplifted head feet on the ground it is by faith you are a champion with all your heart reach for the stars for you were born to conquer giants so caleb be strong and courageous don't be afraid or be anxious you are a miracle 
believe us, you can do anything Through Jesus and Caleb, you're loved And you're treasured with all of our hearts Beyond measure, and we're so proud of you It's true, you can do anything Through Christ who strengthens you You can do anything Through Christ who strengthens you You can do anything through Christ who strengthens you. One more time, let's give God a big hand here in this place together right now. Praise God. Yeah, hey, we got through it. We got through that one. We got through that one. Praise God. You know, and you know, it's kind of funny because we're saying Caleb be strong, courageous, and and this boy really is strong, and courageous. Just look at him on the playground, and man, he is strong. When he comes up the ladder, when he slides down a slide, like it's like you couldn't tell that there was anything that was of an issue with his health when he uh, was uh, still, you know, in the womb. And that's the, that's just the power of God. That's the fact that God writes a greater story with our lives than anything we could imagine, or hope for, or write ourselves. And I believe that God is doing the same with you. We've had an amazing time uh, sharing our pivotal moments with you, sharing some of the songs that attach those pivotal moments. Here's one final song that we want to share with you. And if you were here at our Easter service, you heard this song before. You know, when I was first growing in my faith, when I first became a Christian, really excited about, uh, you know, just my relationship with God and, and growing my relationship with God. And one of the things I liked to do before was take songs that I knew, like pop songs, and put words, new words into those melodies to communicate a different message about, you know, about, you know, just expressing, um, you know, like stuff about God's love and how he loves us and all that stuff. And, and uh, I, I realized lately that actually there's a precedent for that in the Bible, is that when you read the Psalms, and you look at Psalm 57, Psalm 58, Psalm 59, Psalm 60, and you have David who would take these songs, these melodies that everyone knows, these tunes that everyone knows, and then he put new words behind that tune to create a new message. And so uh, I'm certainly not the only or first person to do this. Um, this song is a song uh, that uh, was a favorite of mine growing up. Whitney Houston was my favorite singer, uh, and uh, she did a song called Greatest Love of All. Um, and we decided to change the, the words of that song to reflect a promise that God speaks to each and every one of us from Jeremiah 29, 11, which is, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And so with that in mind, uh, we just want to end with this song today. Uh, it's a simple song, um, but uh, you know, we uh, just want to share this with you just as uh, a way to let you know God knows the plans he has for you plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And if you put your trust in him and seek his face, you can say the best is yet to come. And so this song is the greatest love of all, new version of it. Let me lead the way Show you all the beauty you possess inside I'll give you the strength to fight To make it easier Let the children's laughter Remind you of who you are to me Everybody's searching for a hero People need 
someone to look up to. I never found anyone who fulfilled my needs. It's a lonely place to be until I learned of your love for me. I decided long ago, wherever you lead, Lord, I will follow. And if I fail, if I succeed, at least I live as I believe. No matter what they take from me, they can't take away your love from me. Because the greatest love of all is happening to me. I found the greatest love of all inside of me. The greatest love of all is easy to receive. Learn of God's love for us. It is the greatest love of all. And if you're in some hopeless place, you think you've had enough, just trust the Lord and seek His face. Find your strength in love. Praise God. Can you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Well, we've had an amazing time with each and every one of you sharing about some of the pivotal moments of our lives, some of the songs and the lessons that attach to those pivotal moments. We've sung a few songs. It's time for you to sing a song. And so right now, I'm gonna invite you uh, just to welcome our worship band. They're gonna lead you in a song. Let's respond to God's love because his love is the greatest love of all. And so right now, uh, Alice is gonna lead us in a song. Let's give God all of our best and I'm gonna lead you in prayer after that. Praise God. One more time, with all of your heart. Let's give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. Praise God. I call upon your name, you deliver me from harm. In the shadow of your ways, no fear comes. I turn to you alone, Jesus, you're my guiding light. In the presence of your love, I will storm you command the surging seas at your word there is a calm and a peace forever in your heart i can never fall away for your faithful love endures age to age for i say Rescue me away. 
right now come on give all of your praise to God right now praise God what do we learn today we learn that every single one of us have pivotal moments in our lives and that God has lessons for us to learn through every pivotal moment and we weren't made just to know that lesson in that moment we were made to remember it for our lifetime and to help us learn it to help us remember it we want to have something to see something to do something to write down something to sing and I'm here to let you know today is that because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, we can have forgiveness. Because God wanted us to know that his love for us is an unchanging, unconditional love. He gave us something to see. It's the love of God expressed on the cross for us. And not only did he give us something to see, but he also gave us something to do so that we could have God's love on the inside of us, so we could be forgiven of our sins. He said, there's something you can do. 
you can accept Jesus Christ as your savior. You can invite him into your life and say, forgive me of my sins. And so if you're here in this place with every head bowed, never eye closed, if you're here and you realize you need God's forgiveness, maybe for something you did last night, maybe for something you said this morning, I'm here to let you know God's forgiveness was paid for at the cross where Jesus died, such that it's not about what you have to do to get to God, it's about what God has already done to get to you. And if you want to receive God's forgiveness, why don't you receive it right now by praying this prayer with me right now. Why don't you lift your hands to God as an expression of your need for God today. Those of you who need God's forgiveness today, why don't you lift up your hand to God and why don't you pray this prayer with me right now. You can say, Dear Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross to pay for my sins, that you rose again to give me life. Right now, I open up my heart. Please come in, forgive me of my sins, and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that from your heart, then guess what? According to the Bible, you are forgiven of your sins. You are a child of God. You are a citizen of heaven. You are a priest in God's kingdom. And the best is yet to come. And we want to actually encourage you with a gift and some messages to give you, to help you in this newfound relationship with God. You can go to, uh, you know, go to mythrod.info and touch the button, I believe. You can also go and text the word believe to 604-285-5770, or you can press that button that says, I commit my life to Jesus. That's a simply a way of saying, I received Jesus' forgiveness in my life. Why don't you press that button right now if you prayed that prayer, and a huge congratulations to each and every single one of you who prayed that prayer today. Next, for those of you who are here and you want to make the most of your pivotal moment, you don't want to forget the lessons that God has taught you through your moments, but you want to make the most of them and remember them, not easily forget them. If that's you, I want to encourage you right now to pray to God right now with me and to respond to God right now. I want you to lift your hands as and let the height of your hands reflect how much you need God today. Let the height of your hands reflect you just giving God your praise for the lessons he's taught you through your pivotal moments, for the ways he's protected you, the ways he's provided for you, the ways he's been good to you, the ways he's been there for you. And so why don't you just do that, right? Why don't you just in your own heart, with your own words, just start talking to God. Don't wait for me to stop talking. Don't wait for someone else to start talking. You just start talking to God from your heart. Just respond to God today. Thank God for being the God of our pivotal moments. Thank God for being the God who is always there, our provider, our healer, our protector, our help, our shepherd, our strength, our foundation, our rock. Just do that right now. Just start talking to God from your heart today. Respond to Jesus today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Why don't you pray this prayer with me right now? You can say, Heavenly Father, thank you that with every pivotal moment in my life, you have lessons for me to learn. Help me to give myself something to see, something to do, something to write down, something to sing about, so that I would never forget the lessons you've taught me with every pivotal moment. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Finally, right now, as a way to remember what Jesus Christ did in the cross for us. We're gonna take communion together. And maybe you prayed a prayer to receive Jesus and his forgiveness just moments ago. You can take communion with us right now. And uh, you can do that just as a way to thank God for the sacrifice he made in the cross for us. And so we want you to take that piece of bread right now and take that cup. Let's do this together right now. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. 
Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took a cup and said, this cup represents my blood, which is poured out for the forgiveness of people's sins. Drink this in remembrance of me. Let's take this bread and take this cup in remembrance of what Jesus Christ has done for us. So I'm gonna take this bread right now. I'm gonna dip it into the cup. And uh, I'm just gonna take that right now. I encourage you to do the same. Praise God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for your amazing, everlasting, unconditional, unchanging love for every single person here. Thank you, God, that you've called them to be alive and to worship Jesus. You've called them to be expectant and to grow more like Jesus. You've called them to be involved and to serve Jesus with their talents. You've called them to be out loud and to lead others to Jesus. You've called them to be united and to love your spiritual family called your church. And it's with that great calling in mind that we pray all of your blessing, your wisdom, strength, joy, healing, hope, comfort, and your Holy Spirit to fill every single person here until we next meet again. We thank you and we give you praise that because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and he rose again from the grave, the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Oh, come on, there's more of you than that. Give God all of your praise in this place right now. As we close off our service, a couple things we're gonna do. First off, if you call Thrive Church your home church, or you just believe in the work that God is doing here, it's time to give your faithful tithes, your generous offerings. Let's sow into God's kingdom. Let's seek God's kingdom first, knowing that when we do, he adds what? He adds everything we need. And not only does he add everything we need, but he also builds his church through us. And so let's invest in God's kingdom and believe great things are up ahead. With that said, we're going to hand the time back to our online host today. Have an amazing Sunday. Have an amazing long weekend, everybody. We love you guys. Praise God. The best is yet to come. Take care, everyone. See you guys soon. How awesome that every song had a story behind it. This has been one of those cool series that I just cannot wait for next Sunday. But before I let you go, here's a few short announcements. If this is your first time visiting us here at Thrive Church Online, you are our VIP and we want to send you that Thrive stainless steel water bottle just for visiting us today. So make sure you text NEW to 604-285-5770 and we'll get that going right away as soon as we hear from you. For those of you who made the decisions to receive Jesus into your lives, congratulations! We want to send you a very special gift pack series. So make sure you text BELIEVE to 604-285-5770 this gift pack series has very helpful resources to answer some of the questions you may be having on your new walk with God. Every Tuesday, we have Zoom prayer meetings that starts at 8.30 p.m. and we would love to see you there. So make sure you visit our Facebook page or our Instagram page so you can join us as well every Tuesday at 8.30. Now, Pivotal Moments has been an amazing series. I said that at the beginning and I have to say it again. It's just been that good. And I think the reason why it's so good is these stories are so good. But we know we're not the only ones with these amazing stories. You have an amazing pivotal moment as well. Let us know by visiting mythrive.info so we can hear from you as well. That's it for the announcements this week, guys. We hope that you have a blessed Sunday and we will see you Tuesday at Zoom prayer meeting. See ya.